0: Always got to believe, you've got to dream. The message from Wales coach Warren Gatland to fans. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear a length from two of the most important people in Welsh rugby this week, chair Jairn Evans shortly. But first, Warren Gatland returned to Wales this week to pick up the reins of the Wales rugby team. Familiar territory, of course, but a new challenge nonetheless.
1: I think international rugby is always a challenge. You know, it's the ultimate. One of the reasons I, when I thought about it and spoke to Steve was kind of remembering the good times about being here. You know, in front of 75,000 people, and, and and there's a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation. But that's kind of what motivates you and gets you excited about that. So, look, I don't think things have changed from when I arrived at the end of 2007. There's always been expectation in Wales. Uh, history and, and we're in that famous red jersey. So um, you know, I, I, I think for us, it's about as a team working hard and preparing the best way that we possibly can to go and perform and get results. And that's those are the expectations. Last time
0: we spoke, when you were first head coach in 2019, <laughs> you said that you'd hope that Wales wouldn't turn to the doldrums. Um, I think that has happened.
1: To- no, I don't think so. I think there's, you know, it's always a bit of a roller coaster in terms of you have some success and good times, and you're judged on. On two things, I think, and ones ones are Six Nations, and it's probably been a little bit up and down, and it was you know potentially a grand slam that could have been won, which you know just slipped by, and and there's no doubt that COVID's had a had an impact on um, things in the last few years as well, and so you know Six Nations is incredibly important, and also trying to perform and do well in World Cup years, and that's kind of my focus now is to you know get this team up and running for a good Six Nations. Some exciting warm-up games for the World Cup, and then um, you know, in France, which is you know a little bit of a tricky group to get out of, and that's but that's a challenge. And we get out of that, and you can go a long way in that tournament as well. So it's going to be a busy, busy sort of ten months, but really looking forward to it. <laughs> I haven't spoken to any of the coaches. You know, There was a review process conducted by the union and I'm kind of going through that process at the moment. I've spoken to a number of people, You as know, like I said, not, not any of the coaches, and trying to draw some conclusions from those discussions that I've had with people about, you know, do we stick with, with everyone or do we make some changes? So it's just ongoing at the moment and it's pretty challenging for people at the moment with, with the positions and the roles that they're in. but. You know, I've got to make sure that I do the right thing and make the best decision for Welsh rugby and for the team going forward. So that's that's just ongoing at the moment. Respect the likes of Willard to be dealing with the World Cup. I think those those things are all ongoing at the moment. The discussions, and, and I know the union are going through doing a deal with with the regions, and hopefully that you know gets sorted out. In, in the meantime, and hopefully we can get some final decisions on that. I think the challenge for the players is not is not England, is, is obviously France and Japan. That, that's where the big money is at the moment. Um, that's where players have been targeted, not back across the bridge. I mean, the ideal situation is, and I've always said, is we want players based in Wales being selected from the regions in Wales. That is always an advantage to the players who are here in terms of their preparation time with Six Nations and the Autumn Series and, and World Cups as well from the release and that gives them a huge advantage by being based in Wales. And, you know, that's the ideal situation that we want. And hopefully we can keep as many players as possible. But I'm also aware that players, as they do get older and come towards the end of their career, do look for other opportunities and always being comfortable with players, being able to make the decisions that are appropriate for themselves and the best decisions for them and their families going forward. So, you know, there's a lot of things at stake in that. But I said that the number one thing is to... Hopefully, get as many players playing their, their rugby in Wales to help us have the best possible chance of preparing and performing.
2: Tricky group in the World Cup. It's Australia again.
1: We've had them before in our groups, and always been some pretty pretty close contests. Um, you know, we've got Georgia as well, and you can't under- underestimate them. and And Fiji are going to be a, a, a tricky enough challenge. So, but the thing that I am excited about is that. The hardest thing about international rugby is the a, a limited preparation time you, you have going into campaigns. But the beauty about the World Cup is that you do get that extended time together. So it's it's kind of like being with with a club side or a regional team where you, your preparation is so much better in terms of the depth that you can go into and, and fine tuning of a team and time together. So that's what's exciting about World Cup stuff. And you know we've had some some pretty good success in the past. And you know been unlucky you know with semi finals not to have made finals. But you know so hopefully we can. Continue in, in that vein, and I know from a past experience just how hard the players do work and do prepare in terms of first of all for the
2: Six Nations, but then ultimately for the World Cup. That win over Australia and in Japan, where would that rate amongst your uh, successes?
1: Oh, it was, it was a tough game, you know, and again, that went down to the wire. And yeah, you know, I think for us, you know, we had that hurdle that we'd lost a number of games in the, in the last few minutes against Australia and, and Southern Hemisphere teams. Once we got that monkey off our back, it, it sort of gave us a huge amount of confidence in terms of going forward. So, yeah, it was an important result for us to win that and then to win the group. And if you look at the World Cup pools, it obviously looks like one side of the draw is a little bit easier than the other side. And So if you can get through in terms of winning your pool, it potentially does give you a little bit, maybe a little bit of an easier
2: run-in. Your last Six Nations game was a Grand Slam win over Ireland. First game up, number one ranked team in the world here. I mean, how much are you looking forward to that?
1: Yeah, it's you know they are the best team in the world at the moment, and and rightly so as well. So um, probably getting them first up is not the worst thing. And, and at home, we've always spoken about the Six Nations being a tournament of momentum, and you win your first game, and you've got a chance of doing really well in that tournament. So to get them first up, probably it's a, it's the one game that you want, you know, to be at home playing against the best team where probably a little bit more pressure on them. I think we'll be pretty excited about getting ready for that game and looking forward to
0: it. You took Wales to the semi-finals and quarter-finals of World Cups. Um, You did that in the past when the state of the game underneath the national team was often pretty low. How do you go about performing that trick again?
1: I don't know what the answer to that is. I just know that how do you create an environment where there are no excuses? And that's kind of what I've tried to do in the past is a no-excuse environment within the national team. I've been lucky, the support that I had from the, the union, the Welsh rugby union, you know, Steve and Martin before them and Roger gave us the tools to help prepare and, and train a team to the best of their ability. And so if you can create that no-excuses environment, I think you've got a chance that so when players do come into camp, everything's there for them um, to perform and hopefully you can get the best out of them as, as a squad. And that's kind of what we've prided ourselves on in the past, being able to do that. That's the task for me over the next few months, is to try and create that an environment that players come in and they're excited about wearing that jersey, they're excited about playing here in front of a, a full house. And everything's left out in the pitch in terms of hopefully getting performance and results.
0: And if you could just clear up one other thing, that the contract that you got through to the World Cup, the union talked about it possibly being extended to the following tournament. There's a Lions tour in two and a half years. Are you
1: available for that? <laughs> to be honest, I haven't even thought of that. I've just, I'm just thinking about the next 10 months, you know. It's kind of like Steve and I have had that conversation. You know, like I'm well aware that how important the, the Six Nations and the, the World Cup is and, and, and for us to do well. I, I'm not someone who plans my pathway in terms of I'm not thinking about the future and what's going to happen. I'm a great believer in what will be, will be. And if you're in the right place at the right time, then opportunities come along. So. And that's how I've been lucky enough with my experiences with the Lions. Look, If you're picking a Lions coach at the moment, there's only one person that I think is in contention and he's he's across the water living in Dublin at the moment. So um, if you're successful, then those opportunities come along. So I I can promise you I'm not
2: thinking further than the next 10 months. When you were here last time, the Wales fans knew the team would be competing for Six Nations titles and latter stages of World Cups. Can they dream of that again? Or do do the targets need to be sort of Muddy, somewhat, given that you've got sort of a short period of time to work with.
1: I look at success as not always about winning, but about overachieving. So, what are the expectations? What are the expectations at the moment? Like I said, it's one game at a time, and you've always got to believe. You've got to dream, and it's probably for me as kind of my upbringing and Zealander as a Kiwi, we we always believe, we, even against the odds. You know, it's kind of like you go in there, you work hard. And if you work hard, you, you get results. That's always been my attitude, you know, never afraid to take something on as a challenge, but always being positive about believing you can do something and do something special. So, yeah, there's expectations, I understand that, and you know, I wouldn't be here doing the job unless I thought we were capable of winning things.
2: And when you look at the squad, you're going to work with a lot of the key guys are the key guys that were in your previous reign, com- combined with a lot of inexperienced players. Do you think guys like Alan Wernie can can go through to the next year, or are you going to have to try and rapidly bring through
1: some other guys? Yeah, that's one of the things I need to find out about. I saw Alan when yesterday, he was here with Seed Santa. Yeah, there's a few players that I've got to have a chat with over the next... I mean, I think the thing is, I don't think age is the issue, it's just, you know, can they get through in the next 12 months, and, you know, how do you manage those people, but performance is obviously some pretty exciting young talent coming through, and... and if I look back to 2011, you know, we bought some, some youngsters through in 2011 that, with that World Cup in New Zealand that, you know, went on to be some... So it's just making sure that I find the balance, you know. There might be a couple of older players that are going to be important, but, you know, you also got to make sure that you get that right and um, and players are able to perform, you know, for you. So, yeah, that's going to be part of the process.
0: listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And we know Warren Gatlin can get the players to perform for him, but we'll watch with interest how he sets about doing it again. So although we spoke to new WIU chair Yian Evans a couple of weeks ago, just after he was elected to the role, a lot has changed since then. So there was a chance to catch up with him again after all those changes.
3: We'll have our watersheds in Wales, we we'll have them every fortnight, but we do sense some significant challenges ahead of us and we're very mindful of that. You know, we've got to be clear that decisions we make are based on the best available evidence at the time and making sure that the right people, having the right people in the room, whether that's at PRB level, whether it's head coach, that people are capable of understanding the concerns, but also as regards our direction of travel moving forward, as regards the strategy we have for our league game. The league game landscape is changing continuously any elite sport will find that when you go look across the bridge you know there are challenges everyone's finding that at the moment whether that's a reflection of modern life on a macro sense what's going on elsewhere in the world probably but we also being sure there's something there are various things that are pretty bespoke to us as well in our sport and particularly our nation uh, and one of the benefits of bringing Warren is the fact he has an intimate knowledge of that landscape and the challenges there. No one says it's going to be easy. That's why we get the best person for the job.
2: The interesting thing is how resilient Welsh rugby has been over the last few years. Yeah. Uh, results-wise, it might be not what we want at certain levels, but you're still here, you're still standing, you've got into the equation with a big fish here with Warren. But what are your expectations as a board now for Six Nations and World Cup?
3: Necessity is the mother of invention, isn't it? It's the fact that, you know, the challenge and having someone who has an ability to talk about managing and getting the environment right. He's a phenomenal cultural architect. He'll get the culture right and bring the best out of the available talent he has. And that's what you want from any elite coach. Can I bring the best? out of the talent I have at my disposal. We, as a game, need to be far more optimal in what we do, and that's using the resource. We have a finite resource in Wales. We always have done, we've always overachieved in terms of success is measured by overachieving. We continue to push ourselves to overachieve. That's one of the greatest attributes of Welsh Rugby, being able to do so, considering the numbers we have and the population base we have. We've constantly strived to do that and generally delivered. Welsh Rugby has an ability to inspire and bring sheer joy and elation to people's lives, like nothing else. It's so deeply wired into our psyche as a people, and uh, we need to ensure that's the case. Did you set Warren any targets? No, those conversations will be ongoing. Warren will set his own targets. He's driven and he's wired to bring success. That's what he does. But we haven't really sat down with that. We had a window. We went through a review process. We came to a conclusion. We acted quickly to ensure we got the best person for the job to take us forward so there are things we still need to discuss warren's only just come back into the country and so those discussions i'm sure with steve and nigel walker will be uppermost in people's mind was warren your first choice uh we went through the process and we looked at talking about being optimum having someone with an ideal fit for our needs and requirements with an astonishing track record of delivering here with our intimate knowledge of the specific elements. Sometimes we claim to be different to anywhere else, but sometimes we're not. But he has a, a deep and intimate knowledge of the landscape here and the requirements and challenges that any head coach would have. So it would it made sense that he was the best person for the job, and that's what drove the decision. You just talked up. about inspiring people, the joy the Games yeah. brings to people, yeah. Is that a challenge for the game now? Because it feels—it yeah, feels, we, we, it feels be, like there's, there needs to be a reason. Well, I hate the word reset, but yeah. it, the identity issue yeah. is kind of in the mix now. We've got to be careful in, in terms of it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. If you keep undermining, it has that effect. There's a responsibility on us also to be positive, to be look forward, to be progressive, to challenge, to challenge is one thing but also we need to be positive and ultimately it's in all our interest that this is successful that our games are successful in its entirety and we look at this holistically uh, nothing is much exclusive whether it's ensuring that junior clubs have hundreds of boys and girls out on a Sunday morning club sides are able to put out and ensure that young adults are playing the game or whether it's about getting our regions in a competitive on a competitive stage or ultimately our international teams out there making sure the 73,500 people turn up and watch them in the Principality Stadium because ultimately that's the tap that drives everything else always has done always will do but also not only in terms of financially it's hard to quantify the emotional psychological effect a buoyant and successful game has on the world psyche and particularly when it's wearing red on the big pitch
2: we have, by necessity, had three, four, five years of difficulty on the financial front because of yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. But when we look at the rugby and we talk about the rugby and now we've got a real rugby man in here, yeah.
3: is this maybe a watershed moment? Yeah, I, it, uh, I think it's a significant moment for all sorts of aspects of the duality of what we are uh, as, a, as WYU, for example, is the fact that we're a governing body of our national game of Wales, but we're also 100 million to a our business, there is a duality, but our business is rugby. Our business is rugby and insurance. That reaches every part of Welsh life, percolates down. We're incredibly fortunate within the game of rugby union, and a lot of that is due to the hard work of generations of people, volunteers and have done length and breadth of this country, that we have bricks and mortar in nearly every community in Wales never underestimate the value that that brings, the benefit that brings the communities, the length and breadth of our country and a lot of that energy and a lot of that passion is a trickle down effect yeah. from the success out there hence our decision to go with, with Warren to, to help generally, but he, it's not about one person it's not See? about me as a chair it's not about Warren as a head coach you know, we're all elements here that all can have a, an effect on, the, on So the, you know
2: on the the pathway system intimately, mm-hmm. obviously, because of yeah. Kai. It has worked, it is obviously still working because you get people through, and he's gonna have 17 new caps that yeah. Wayne brought through or whatever. Yeah. But how much improvement does there need to the rugby structure to make sure that we've got to get, mine those nuggets?
3: Yeah, uh, you're right to point out the 17 new caps and that, that's one of the major positive aspects from Wayne's tenure, he has blooded a number of youngsters out there and Warren will benefit from that. That's the pattern you pass on. There's a transactional part of this. Yes, you, move, yeah. you move forward and so on. But as regards getting the, uh, the pathway and the pipeline, and it's critical. We're 3.2 million people. We need that pathway uh, and our pipeline to be strong, to be healthy, to be vibrant, to deliver what it needs to deliver. Because it's hard for us to go out into a notional marketplace and try and compete on a global sa- stage so we need to ensure that we keep bringing that talent through rugby will always need critical mass because you have technical positions you need that ability to bring that talent through and make the most of it in developing that yes the clubs generally produce the talent except the regions and the pathway and the academies to develop that talent to ensure that head coaches whether it's a regional basis or an international basis have not only the raw material but pretty much the finished product mm. in which they can deliver success on. A lot of the work that Nigel Walker and John Alder are doing in, in consultation with the regions by the PRB and the Rugby Management Board and also the Premiership in terms of ensuring that, that talent flow is not only continued but improved upon because that's the nature of an elite sport. You can't stand still. You stand still, you get overtaken. We keep going. We keep marching forward, we keep evolving and if it's something it needs addressing, we'll address it. Nothing is ever finished. there's never finished in line with an elite sport. We want success at international level. We've got to get back there. We've spoken about the pathways. But when you look at the regional game, obviously it's not it's not been great for a long time. It's all well and good saying that we have got the talent, that's, that's obvious, but they, they need to be playing at a high level, at regional level. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you look at a young Irish player, I mean, if he's playing... In a successful Leinster team and Munster team Heineken Cup, Champions Cup quarter finals? Yeah. that's missing in Wales at the moment is that the name of the, I know it's down to the regions as well but is that name of the Welsh Rugby Union to get Scala so the Ospreys competing in semis and I don't think anybody can so. abdicate responsibility we all have a responsibility to contribute towards this subject matter yes within the PRB the regional chairs and so are all in the room along with independent elements uh, an independent chair who also sits on the main board plus senior execs from the union. But beyond that, there's also the rugby management board that also helps shape our game moving forward. Skills curriculum, our S&C, all those things are major critical elements in building a successful elite game. They all play a part. No one can, as I said, abdicate responsibility. We all have a responsibility to ensure that happens. That this is continuously assessed, reviewed, critiqued, acted upon and sometimes perhaps there's an element of complacency. We need to be honest and truthful also in how we assess that. Are there things we can do better? I'm convinced there are. Other people are convinced there are. I'm sure no one's going to turn their back or ignore the fact that there are elements we have to address quickly. Some of those will probably have a long lead-in time. They're not quick things. It's not instantaneous. You can't flick a switch. Everything's magic. But we have to do this collectively. And it's not being kumbaya, we all hold hands and sort of... There is a collective aspect of this. No one can do this in isolation. We have to do this together. And it's critical for our long-term sustainability and success. And we need success. But you'd want the regions to be successful in their own right? Uh, I think... I think of course we do. We, all, we, want, we want a successful elite game within Wales. Um, because success success. And, and Warren can, can we, we know he uh, his you know, how we've overachieved on a considering our player base at an international level. We want that to continue. But it's probably naive to think that can continue indefinitely, being in total isolation from everything else. We need everything to work alongside each other. I'm hopeful and convinced that that is the case. The conversations are ongoing and there are a lot of people involved in these discussions are very knowledgeable, very passionate about the game. We need to channel that and ensure that we bring a successful conclusion to this because it's, it makes an already challenging landscape, even more so. We've just come through um, a period of two years under COVID with the most extreme of circumstances, where any, every possible sort of fissure was made even wider. And we've done incredibly well on in the game has done incredibly well to come through that ensuring that old clubs were still able to survive. Now, modern society, and we can't be oblivious to modern society and societal changes, but we have to ensure that we spread the gospel and the message, again, without being too kumbaya again, about what the benefits of participating in sport is. Um, And I want people back participating in sport. I want people... to a certain extent I want to play as many sports as they possibly can for as many clubs as they can because I think the very fabric of our society depends on our generations playing sport enjoying the benefits and the many benefits of being involved in the team sport in particular not only the physical well-being of participating but also one of the greatest attributes of rugby is you make friends because you need your friends so those aspects are so important and we're mindful of our need to ensure that that message is continuously conveyed and yes we need more numbers out playing how do we do that we keep spreading the message that actually these are the benefits and yes we have to be mindful of you know not everyone wants to play 30 games a year someone you want to play eight games a year let's be flexible in our approach you know but that's part of the community game strategy that'll be delivered put together by the community game board that'll come forward but that's based on intimate evidence digitalisation will give us our ability to reach deep, deep into uh, the detail and the data that's required to shape our policies moving forward. But that's going to be brought together by the Community Game, by Geraint John, head of um, the community, uh, John Manders, chair of the Community Game board, and and the other board members to help shape that strategy moving forward. But we are conscious of uh, the challenges that clubs have, but also what opportunities there are moving forward as well. Some interesting info from
0: two of the most important people in Welsh rugby. We'll hear from Chief Executive Steve Phillips next week. But until then, from the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, goodbye.